Good morning. We're continuing our series, Songs of Life, through the book of Psalms. And today we're going to continue in the Songs of Ascent. Now remember, the Songs of Ascent were 15 of the Psalms that were written. And they were written specifically for those who were journeying to Jerusalem during one of the three feasts that the people would come together, whether it was the Passover, remembering the Lord's deliverance from Egypt, or the Feast of Weeks where they would take time and acknowledge that God gave them the Torah, the law, and so there was the festival that would remember when the law was given to them and the commandments or the festival of booths or or tents it might be called remembering God's provision for the nation through the wilderness how he miraculously provided manna from heaven how he brought water from the rock how he kept them free from the warring nations around them and brought them into the land of promise. And so these three times a year, the the people would gather together. And as they were gathering, they would sing these songs as they're heading to Jerusalem. And remember, Jerusalem to them was a symbol of where the temple was, where God dwelt. This was the land of their promise. And so this was a festive occasion. And so they had songs to help them through that. We said last week, kind of like we have Christmas carols. And the reason they had these songs was so that they could be in this mind as they would go to worship. And the songs were short so that they could remember them. And music is so important for road trips, isn't it? I can remember when Corrine and I got married and we were going out on our honeymoon I got together the music that I wanted for us to listen as we were driving up the coast to Santa Barbara the first day. And I would take the record player and put the records on there because that's what they had back then. And I would play this song and record it onto a cassette tape. And I wanted it to be good quality, so I used either BASF, Chrome, or Maxell. Does any of you guys remember what you know what I'm talking about? No cheap, you know, Radio Shack tape. You needed to get something of quality so that you can. Yeah, Memorex was okay. They had the commercials, Maxell, TDK, BSF. Those were the quality. I was into that stuff. And so I take all this time recording, you know, the albums that I wanted to have. I had the U2 and the Tears for Fears and, you know, Police. It was good stuff. I mean, I had some other music. I had, I think, Steve Taylor back then, maybe Undercover, some, you know, in the Christian. It wasn't as prominent as it is today, but... And so we would go up there and pop the cassette in and I'd listen to these songs and, oh, this is great, you know, had the mood and we were driving there in our truck up the coast. And you needed these songs because it was part of the journey. 
And, and they needed these songs as they were journeying to Jerusalem. They were there to occupy their time and they were there to memorize them so that as they were moving towards the city, they could sing these songs. And today we're going to be looking at Psalm 121. Again, it's short so that they could remember it. And this has got to be one of the most encouraging and hopeful psalms there is. Psalm 121. If you need a copy of the scriptures, raise your hand and they'll get you one. Hold it up while we continue reading. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I'm always struck at how everything that we interpret whether it's something we hear, something that we see, something that we experience, all goes through the filter of our life and how we've been brought up, how we've learned, and what we've experienced. And so if you have always dealt with situations a certain way where maybe you don't lose your temper, you don't cuss, you don't kick things. That's just not how you deal with situations. When you see someone who does deal with the situation in that way, you tend to look at that and go, oh my gosh, they've lost it. Why? Because this is how I deal with it, right? But if you're the person who kicks stuff and shouts out obscenities and those things, which you really shouldn't do, well, when you see someone react in a way that doesn't go like that, you're thinking to yourself, wow, that person is really under control. And what we do is we take our life experiences and we interpret the world around us by them. And what God is wanting to do is give our life experiences focus and direction and an understanding of clarity of how we are supposed to live and how we are supposed to live in relationship to him. And so where you're at right now is going to play how this song comes out to you. I did a wedding yesterday for Joe and Dania. They got married and so there's just this beautiful thing that happens at weddings. You know, there's excitement there as these two people's lives are, are now joined together and they move forward now as a couple and there's excitement because they're really fulfilling what the scriptures declare. It's not good for man to be alone. And so there's that, ah, oh, the parents are like so happy. She's such a wonderful girl. The dad's saying, oh, he's such a great guy and everyone's happy. What can happen in their future is just, it could be a glorious thing. And I don't even use the word glorious, but it's wonderful. And there's food and there's festivities 
And everyone's excited. And so coming from that, I, I read this psalm and I just start thinking of, oh, how these things play into that, that the help comes from the Lord. He will not let your foot slip. He watches over you, will not slumber. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade and your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. And I think of their future. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. And doesn't that just, in a setting of marriage, it just sounds so rich and so full. What great promises. And these promises are, again, giving us focus even as it starts up, I lift my eyes to the mountains. And the idea is we are going up to Jerusalem. We are taking our eyes and we are setting them purposefully on this place. We set our eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. The maker of heaven and of earth. The maker of the things that we involve ourselves around and the things that are greater. And there's this kind of dimensional aspect that goes throughout this psalm, even as it ends, towards the ends, both now and forevermore, that the Lord is going to watch over your coming and going now and forever. Maker of heaven and earth. So our focus is on God he is where our help comes from. He is the maker of what we see and the things that are greater than us. And then it gets personal. He will not let your foot slip. The journey to Jerusalem, rocky place, desert place, a lot of perils. They didn't have paved roads. And so there was danger of falling. And of course, there's the falling you know, off of a cliff that could get you killed or even just spraining your ankle and hurting yourself. Something, something like that, a, a torn Achilles takes you out of the playoffs. I mean, it just, that's for you Lakers fans. You, you guys understood that. But there was the peril. And he's not going to let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. And what a beautiful picture that he's not going to grow weary. It, it, it's so fun to be up here sometimes, or even more so on Thursday nights. It's, it's a little bit more you know, close, and people are usually a little more tired. And so I'm able to see people when they're falling asleep. You know, They're just kind of like this first. Their eyes are closed, and they pretend they're reading their Bible, but you're not really sure. And then pretty soon the head goes down and then they do the whiplash, you know. And I was like, I gotcha. God doesn't slumber. No matter what's going on, no matter how mundane our life is, he doesn't slumber. He will not let our feet slip. He watches every step. And the idea is nothing that happens to us goes unnoticed or without care. Indeed, he who watches over Israel, and so it's actually more than just us, it's watching over now his people, the ones who are of his promise, will neither slumber nor sleep. God doesn't sleep. Much like some of you new parents. You know what it's like to not sleep. 
your child's sick, they're crying, you have to constantly monitor them. If they're newborn or preemie, then you have to get up every two hours and feed them. And it takes an hour to feed them because they don't eat well. And so you really only get an hour sleep. And if you have twins, it scars you for life. (laughs) Sandra, you, you know what I'm saying. And so the Lord does not slumber. He does not sleep. He does not lose interest and care. It does not go unnoticed. And the Lord watches over you. Now in verse 5, the Lord is the one watching over you. It is Yahweh. He, the God of all heaven and earth, is the one watching over you. So this is bringing in this awe of who God is to care for us. It's very personal. And the Lord is your shade at your right hand. He's as close as your shadow. He's tracking with you. When our twins were small and one of them we were walking and he is walking through the parking lot and all of a sudden he started freaking out. He just started climbing up Corrine like she was a tree. Just, ah! I just started running up and we're like, what the heck happened to him? And we found out he was afraid of his shadow. He'd never encountered this before. What is this thing that's on the ground that's following me? And it just freaked him out. It was funny when we found out what it was. This thing won't stop following me. You see, the Lord is right there. He's like your shadow at your right hand, watching over you. The sun will not harm you by day. And of course, in the desert place, you can imagine how important that is, the dehydration and the things, walking for miles and miles for days, even weeks, to get to the feast, to the festival, through the desert in the sun. This promise, the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. And and here is the idea of the dangers even in the evening time. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So it's just this beautiful psalm of God's intimacy, care, love as we are walking towards him and so having this perspective it just is an easy psalm to digest to enjoy to sing but friday i received news that a close member in our family my cousin's husband who's only in his 40s was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And they gave him six months to live. And it knocked the wind out of all of us. He's just a wonderful guy. And he's a healthy guy. Doesn't smoke. He's... He's always been a healthy guy. And then this news comes and it's first, this can't be right. This isn't 
real. This can't be happening. And his name is Jeff, and I covet your prayers for him. Because we're praying that God would do a miracle and heal him. And we're praying that God would do so much in his heart. But you see, now the the perspective and you hear this news and you're struck and you're grieving and you're hurting and you're, yeah, even a little bit angry. And you're wondering, why, God? What's going on? And then as I start reading this psalm again, all of a sudden my perspective changes and everything has a little deeper meaning. Everything pushes me even harder towards the necessity of faith and belief in God. And so now when I read it and I say, I lift my eyes to the mountain, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. There is no other help. There is nothing else that we can go to. There is no one else that we can go to. And and when you get this kind of sentence that's terminal, how important is it now to look up? Because where does the help come from? And, And now even the idea of help seems to be different when he says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches Israel over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you day by day, nor the moon at night. All of a sudden it's like, but I have slipped. But there is tragedy and and it forces me to think, what are you saying and what do your words mean? And how do they apply And this situation of my life, because you guys know that life is like this. You've lost people. You have gone through tragedy. You know what it's like. Not every weekend is a wedding. And there is the hardship and the hurts that come with us. The psalmist declared in Psalm 63, verse 6, On my bed... I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. And and now when it says the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night, I think of those times at night, those watches of the night where you are just praying for the day to come. You are hoping for morning where you are waiting to hear word back from the doctor, waiting to hear back from your son or from someone to give you information that is going to tell you how things are going to turn out. Those watches of the night and those times where it has been so dark and I have had to cry out to God. Those times where in my bed I just can think of nothing but you, God, because of everything else that's going on, I need to call out to you through this time of darkness. I have to seek you in this time of darkness. And you see, and sometimes all we can even do is sing. 
Sometimes all I can do, I mean, Corrine and I, it's interesting, we've both had the same song stuck in our head since we've gotten this news. Just, you know, your angels go before me. Or you're before me, you're behind me, the God of angel armies. That song has kind of been resonating in my head. And it's amazing how those songs just, you, you cling on to them and you hold on to them. And you guys know these songs. You guys sing these songs or have sung them before through these times. Blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. What's the next line? My heart will choose to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And sometimes a song is all we have to hold on to. And the truths that are in that song are are what hold us through the watches of the night. And that my foot would not falter, that I would not stumble. Because even in these conditions, you can stumble further. We're going through 1 Samuel on Thursdays, and in chapter 30, last week we saw that David, the one who is anointed to be king of Israel, is actually living with the Philistines and is ready to go to war against the nation of Israel because Saul has been pursuing him, trying to kill him, that he ends up going there for refuge and ends up siding with King Achish. And now the king says, you need to go with us to fight. And he's on his way to fight. And we don't know if he's going to fight against Israel or not because the generals there of the Philistines said, you know, we don't want David here. He's going to turn on us, send him back. So he sends him back. And as David goes back to his hometown, he sees that Ziklag is just burned with fire, that his wives, that their children are taken captive, that they're gone, that they went out to battle, they came back, and they had nothing. And they cried till they could weep no more, it said. And then the men around David were gathering up stones, getting ready to kill David because he is their leader. And now look where he has led us. And it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord, that David found strength in the Lord. And if there is ever anything we need to do, it is to find strength in the right place. And the right place is in the Lord. And from that place, from a place where David was about to be killed by his own men because they've lost everything, and David himself had lost his wives, his children, everything they had, David sought the Lord and prayed, Lord, should we go pursue them? And the Lord said, yes, you should. Will we overtake them? Yes, you will. And they encountered them and they got back everything and more. And you think, well, that's a wonderful story because they got back everything and more. But what about this? What about when it doesn't look like you're going to get back everything? You can still find strength in the Lord. You see, there, there is this dimension that we need to recognize when 
the psalmist writes and he says at the end, the Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. That there is more to life than what we just see. That there is forevermore. In fact, Jesus said it this way. Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And what Jesus is talking about, what we need to fear is God and not anything else. And we've talked about fear before, how fear, whatever you fear, it's your limit. And so your fear will go up to, your life can go up to that place where you're afraid and then that place that you're afraid will hold you back. So if you're afraid of heights, you will only go up so high because you don't want to go any further. If you're afraid of crowded rooms, you'll only go to places that are open. The fear will keep you from those things. It it is going to hinder your freedom. And then the scriptures tell us we are to fear God because if you fear God, you will fear nothing that is below him. And when Jesus is saying, don't fear him who could destroy the body, the soul, Don't fear the cancer. Fear God, because if you fear him, then you don't have to be afraid of anything beneath him. And the words are still true. He will not let you stumble. He will not let you falter. And the reason I can say that's true is because I've known people who've been there, Cynthia, who had pancreatic cancer. And I can remember journeying with her, and I can remember the fear that she had, and then I can remember the peace she had. Because the Lord is like her shadow. He's not going to let her stumble. He's not going to let her fall. He's going to keep her, even through the watches of the night. The Lord will keep her from all harm and will watch over your life and your life is either all this or it is life eternal the best way to know that you have life after death is to have life before death and when you have life before death then you can have the assurance that he will not allow anything to harm your life He will watch your coming, your going, now and forevermore. And now these words have deeper meaning. Coming and going has more than just Jerusalem in mind. It has more than just the temporary. It has the idea of eternity. It has the idea of depth. Because, let's face it, we we don't think about it, but we are all going to die. It happens. It's just when it happens in ways that we're not expecting, it shocks us into the reality of our frailty and we see more clearly than we usually do just what is our end. But the truth is we're all going to die. And so the question is, do we have life? And the coming and the going And the now and forevermore, do we have the assurance that our hope is in him?
that we have put our eyes on him, the maker of heaven and earth. Because he's watching over us. He, he wants to care for us. Are we trusting in him? Turn to Psalm 46. Turn back a little bit. Because we have the choice of who we will trust and what we will trust and how we will live. And if we refuse to believe that God is there and that Jesus has given himself for us, we can. God will allow us the freedom to believe those things. But with that freedom comes the responsibility for our choices. We, we can't have freedom and not have responsibility. But if we do trust in God, then there is hope. In Psalm 46, and then again, a beautiful psalm, it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Not a future help, a present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, we will not fear because God is our refuge. He's the one who watches over our coming and our going. He is the one that makes sure our foot doesn't sleep. And guess what? He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He never misses thing and in the trial of life and in the heart of our hurt there is the eye of a loving father who's only waiting for you to look to him and he won't sleep and he won't slumber. And he won't allow harm to come to you, to your life, now and forever. And so we need to have a perspective that is, yes, happening right now. And we need to have a perspective that is deeper, that sees that these truths are what carry us through all the struggles of life. So that when the earth falls apart and the waters are crashing around us, we won't drown because we have hope and trust in him, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He won't slumber. He won't sleep. He will see that your life has no harm now and forevermore. And the question then is to our hearts, do we believe this? Do we trust this? Is this our truth? Is he our God? Because he has extended himself to us, but we need to be responsive to his love. Are we? pray we are. Let's pray. Father, even now as just 
we are bowing in an attitude of prayer. Father, I know the reality of death, the frailty of life can be a haunting truth that follows us. And, and Lord, I, I pray that if there are some here this morning who have not found refuge in you, have not made you their God, that this morning would be an opportunity where they would call out to you, that they would set their eyes on you, recognize you are the maker of heaven and earth, and recognize that you love and care for them, that you're the only God who has reached out for us. Lord, may we respond to that. Again, as everyone is just bowing their heads in an attitude of prayer, I just want to ask if you're here this morning and you need to make that change and have trust in the Lord and you haven't, but you would like to, if you would just raise your hand, I just want to pray for you if there's anyone here. Father, I thank you this, that we have committed ourselves to you. And I pray, Lord, that our eyes would stay on you, that we would seek you and trust you, that we would not fear what destroys the body. But, Lord, our fear would be you. And if we fear you, we have to fear nothing else. God, may we have hope and strength in you. And Father, I lift Jeff up to you, Lord. I pray you be his strength. Lord, I pray that you draw near to him in this time of trouble, that you would shadow him, God, and bring him comfort in the day and in the night, and comfort my cousin Karen and all the family, Lord, who is just reeling from this news. Lord, we pray for a miracle that you would touch and heal him. You're the God of all flesh. There's nothing too difficult for you. And so we entrust him to you. Do your work, God, we pray. We thank you for your words that comfort our hearts in times of trouble. Lord, we choose to say, blessed be your name. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.